world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, it's an exciting day here at Coach Dave Live. A couple different reasons. First of all, we need to pray for Stephanie. Our dear friend Stephanie is having a granddaughter today. I think, no, grandson today. Sorry, I think it's a grandson, whatever. With the baby, uh, they're going to have to go get the baby a little bit early because uh, high blood pressure in the mommy. But there's a new baby coming into Stephanie's life, and she'd just like all of you to pray for a successful delivery of this. And it's, uh, hey, Steph, I know you're out there real quick, huh? Hey, Steph, I read your, I read your post, uh, your text message you sent to me this morning. And tell me what you what you mean about breaking that curse that's been over been over the family name. Can you explain that to us real quick, Steph? Are you there? Hi, Coach. Morning, everybody. Yeah, um, what I talk about is if there's any sort of curses, any bloodline curses, things that I pray all the time and I ask, ask the Lord, search me, Lord, search my heart. Have I opened any doors? You know, have have I walked? Have I heard? Have I done something? Search me. But there's also things from generations, from say parents, grandparents, great grandparents, all the way down the family tree from wherever the beginning on where it started, that I want to declare immediately in total covering through Psalm 91 that if there was anything hidden or rooted by my ancestors, if they Amen. did something or had some kind of agreement that assigns some kind of attachment, demonic oppression, possession, whatever you want to. So three, gen- three, gen- so, so three generations ago, Stephanie, so somebody in your bloodline could have made a bargain with the devil that impacts yes. your entire generation. Cause the scripture Correct. says from, that it goes, the sins of the father go to the first, the second, even to the third generation. So you're breaking right. every curse over this little every. new little, this new little child that's coming from into the world. From this point on, let it be like an earthquake, earth, shake in the spiritual realm i don't care how hidden how dark whatever it was whatever kind of oppression for this family and everything we've been through declare through the name of jesus christ and his blood on that cross that it breaks any and all hidden or rooted curses attachments through my ancestors and that it not be able to attach or reattach to anyone from us and that i give my family to jesus amen okay stephanie listen Stephanie, I'm going to have you pray here just a second because I want people to hear you do this. And Stephanie, by the way, Michelle and I are going to have a grandbaby in the next 36 hours. Our, our, Hallelujah. Uh, our, son's, our son's wife is going to be induced. Uh, if she doesn't have it naturally today, she'll probably be induced tonight. So probably within the next 36 hours. And Stephanie, I want to break that crap off of us too. In fact, I just prayed with Michelle, Psalm 91. Under my authority, under my covering, break all those curses, everything in the future. Mm-hmm. Let it be done at this point. Stephen, would you pray that real quickly? I sure will. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time together. And we stand in agreement through your name, through your grace and your love. You gave us our free will to choose. And we come to you freely, Lord, to declare praise to you for our family. And we want to declare immediately with total covering through Psalm 91 under the shadow of the almighty. We do not hide. We abide under the shadow. Amen. Anything hidden or rooted by our ancestors, Lord, in Jesus name, we right now pray to be the bloodline curse breakers of our families, Lord, yes, for Lord. us, our children, our children's children, all the way down from however long we have to be here for your kingdom, Lord. Let it not be able to attach to anything or to anyone, to any property, any idol, anything to the family to come back, declare spiritual authority for our family. We stand in the gap for our family, for those who still are working their way on coming through you, Lord. We pray that you know how to get to their hearts 
But in the meantime, Lord, we, we praise you and we stand in the gap for our family and break off, dissolve any chains or any bloodline curses, expel it away, dissolve it through. We thank you, Lord. No weapons will prosper. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. 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 Hey, folks, listen. Listen, folks, Amen. we pray that. Michelle and I pray that daily. We pray that daily. Throw Psalm 91 up there. This is a spiritual warfare prayer, friends, that you could be. I, I every day. Well, not every day. I tried to every day. Just did it this morning. Lay hands on my on my wife, Michelle, and declare as the head of my household, the spiritual authority that every body under my authority, that's my three children, our three children, their husbands, their children. We declare Psalm 91 over them. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. Every tongue that rises in judgment against them shall be condemned because this is the heritage of the Lord. Our children are the products of our, uh, of our. I don't want to say destiny, but the, the what flows through me flows throughout my, my family. I believe that, my, my bloodline. And so we take authority over it by Psalm 91. Every day I do that. And you have the authority to do that, even for your lost children. Pull them back in underneath that umbrella because they can walk out from under it. We know that some of you have children right now who aren't dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, but you're outside of them. They're outside of them. But you, men in particular, as a patriarch of the family, say, I call them back under here. They're under the covering of the Most High. Why? Because they're under my authority and I'm under the Lord's authority. And so they're, you get what's going on, folks? Huh? Psalm 91. Declare that, declare that over your family. Man, I got a lot going on. We got to pray for Joe Silver. Uh, by the way, we have a GoFundMe thing. God, I want to. I got to get Tim in here because he's going to need as much time as we can. Uh, we'll get it up. We'll get it up for you tomorrow. GoFundMe page for for Joe, uh, Stephanie, um, Mark Mattingly needs still needs prayer. We got a lot of people out there sick and that, that needs prayer. And let's uh, let's stand together and and uh, help our brother. So there's Joe that's up there. We're trying to raise twelve hundred dollars for Joe. Right now, we've raised 660. Come on, we do better than that. Of course, we haven't told you about, so we don't blame you. Okay, so boom, I'm going to shut up a minute. Oh, I got some good stuff to show you. Uh, one Bible verse, one Bible. This, hey, hey, Tim, I'm going to show you this because this, I got, before I bring Tim Tuber in, I got to show you this because this is, this is America, right? Hey, Spencer, pull up one Bible verse, one Bible verse. You ready, folks? Imagine if you did this. Imagine if you did this where you live and ask yourself, would your result be the same as this? Go ahead and play this. Hey, hang on, hang on. This guy's going to come up to all these people and say, hey, I'm going to, I'll fill your tank. I'll pay your gas if you can give me one Bible verse. Just tell, give me one Bible verse, I'll buy your gas. Go ahead. Your gas tank, if you could tell me one Bible verse. I can't do that. You can't think of one? No. Hey, I'll fill up your gas tank if you can tell me one Bible verse. I don't know, but can't think of anything. No. I'll fill up your gas tank if you can tell me one Bible verse. John three sixteen. For He so loved the world. I'm at a loss. Can't think about it. Uh-huh. Can't think of it. Uh, hey, I'll pay for your gas if you can tell me one Bible verse. Good. I don't know. Uh, hey, I'll fill up your gas tank if you can tell me one Bible verse. Uh, hey, I'll fill up your gas tank if you can tell me one Bible verse. One what? One Bible verse. Bible verse. I have no clue. You can tell me? I don't know what's that. It's from the Holy Bible. Here's something for you to read about Jesus. God is good. Hey, have a great day. They must be going to public school, huh? Must be going to public school. If I had a lot of money, I'm afraid I might get some takers, but that... That's where we are, aren't we? Uh, former godliness denying the power of. So listen, Tim Tuber is joining us today. I got to know Tim a couple of years ago. Went out to his house, yada, yada, yada. Former former pastor. Uh, we're not going to go through the whole story now. But uh, Tim started talking to me about, and some others. He, in fact, he did, did a little teaching a few years ago on what it means to be, what it really means to be redeemed, what this Christian walk is all about. And I've been amazed over the uh, uh, the last several years, by the, by the way, this is show number 1,817, 1,817 shows. And you guys know that I don't do this very often, let somebody else come in. But I really respect what Tim has to teach here because we do not understand our faith. We don't understand it. We don't get it. We don't know, really. It's just all platitudes and repetition of terms that we've heard and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Tim's going to explain to us today, get your pencil and paper. No, just kidding. On really, what the gospel is all about. Come on in, Tim. 
Tim's out in uh, Tim's out in Oregon, so he's pretty early for him out there. But thank God he got up with us here. Go ahead, Tim. Oh, I love it. You know that was a great introduction because I'm seeing so many people don't have a clue who God is, and then I'm watching Christian after Christian being tossed to and fro, just being beat up, and they don't have a clue about their power that's in Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you've got your Bibles, guys, let's go to Romans chapter 3. This we'll is, get it up on the screen here, Tim. We'll get it up on the screen. Romans chapter 3. Yeah, we're going to start in verse uh, 328. 328. So we're going to do about 10% or maybe maybe 12% of what I do. We we find that the, the doctrines, all the doctrines or the word teachings, is found in chapter 1 through 8 of Romans. So that's what we're going to do. We're, gonna, we're just going to jam this as fast as we can go. So 328. Says, Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. So what are you saying? We've concluded. Right? So now we understand what the Apostle Paul is teaching. Now, I hope you guys understand that the Apostle Paul was the only guy that was raptured to the third heaven. And Christ handpicked him to bring the gospel, not only to the Gentiles, but to the Jews. And he got the what kicked out of him. <laughs> so Christ could, you know, form his glory in him. And we forget that. Okay, so we have a conclusion here. So let's go up to 4.1. So the conclusion what? is, Tim, they're justified by faith. That's the conclusion. That's the conclusion. Okay, so, Feel free, if you have to, jump in there, ask questions, because I'm going to hit this so fast that you might go over your head. You need to say, wait, wait, clarify that some. Okay. Now, this is a key here. 4-1. What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accredited or counted to him for righteousness. So what did Abraham discover? If you go back to the Old Testament, you find out that God gave him a promise. And he believed in the promise, and his name was changed from Abram to Abraham. He was justified. God touched his life, and he became the father of many nations. So Abraham is the top dude of every religion, almost every religion except for the cults, in the world. So we see something great happened with Abraham. So he believed God that Christ would come. And we know the story of what happened to him with his children, the children were blessed from him, okay? So this word account, it means to calculate. It means to note it on the side of the ledger. So that righteousness was given to Abraham, added to him on his side of the ledger, into his life. Jump down to verse 10. How then was it accounted? While he was circumcised? <laughs> or uncircumcised? <laughs> Excuse me. Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. Tim, just, justified for uh, would be a, a math term meaning balancing the books, pretty much. Would Would you agree with that, Tim? Yes. That 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 somehow Abraham's bill was paid, and when he went his checkbook, it was balanced. The checkbook was it was justified. It's a it's a math term. Yeah, and something was given to him. So what was given to him? Well, the full righteousness of Christ was set to his account. It was given to him. So what we discovered by Abraham was not only was he justified, but Christ gave, or God gave him, his full righteousness, which was set to his account. And the average believer doesn't realize what happened to them when they got born again. That that full righteousness of Christ was set to our account, was given to us. And we're going to hit another term called Imputed. So we have to know what happened to us when we got born again. So 
he received a sign of circumcision. So he was justified and he received a sign. So the believer's sign is baptism and the Holy Spirit. So as he was circumcised and given that righteousness, a believer, when they are born again, they get baptized. And what happens after baptism? We receive the Holy Spirit. So remember what happened to Jesus when he was baptized in the water? What happened? He came out of the water, right? The Spirit, like a dove, came on him. And then there was a voice from heaven said, This is my son, and I am well pleased with him. And the average believer doesn't understand that when they follow Christ, when they go through the water baptism, the Holy Spirit is now has a vessel to fill. And not only does he have a vessel to fill, but the Father sees that person allowing the full righteousness of Christ to be imputed to his account. So, Tim, in, in the Old Testament, circumcision then was nothing more than like the stamp, boom, justified, boom, right? Correct. Book, book balanced. Didn't apply in the New Testament. In the New Testament, that same process was what? Uh, baptism? Yep. And faith. So when, when you get baptized, boom, it's like taking a stamp, justified, boom, right? That Correct. book's balanced. Yes, but it's even more because now we have the full indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling, now get this, guys. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit, of God living in us. You know how powerful that is? To know that you have got the living God that created the world living in you. Amen. And, and we, don't, we don't really step out by faith. <laughs> Now, that's one word I'm going to be hitting here is the word faith, because by faith, Abraham believed, and it was accredited to him. We as believers hear about Jesus Christ, and we say, well, Jesus, if you're really real, then come into my life. And what happens? He comes into our life, washes away our sins, and we become a child of God. Pretty powerful. Okay, so the believer sign is baptism, and then the Holy Spirit. See, before Abraham, his name was changed. He was a Gentile. He was Abram. Then he got born again, so to speak. His name was changed to Abraham. We all are Gentiles until we get born again. Then we become part of the family of God. We are part, let me say it again, of the family of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. Co-heirs with Christ. The average person doesn't understand that they are a co-heir with Christ. That's powerful. So, and, Tim, we were, we were talking last week, Tim, about the kingdom of God. Is The kingdom is not someplace we're going. The Bible says the kingdom of God is within us. Exactly. When, when, right? So when we got born again and uh, with the sign of baptism, the kingdom of God came and dwelt inside of us. And the kingdom of God is righteousness peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It is within us now. Right, exactly. So how do, how do we understand the peace that passes understanding that the Bible says? So we're going to talk about that here in just a second. So walk, jump down to verse 16. So 416 says, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise, oh, the promise might be sure to all the seed of Abraham, there we go, the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is a father of us all. So, so now, wait a minute, so, so, so I got a tag team handoff from Abraham, and that tag team handoff goes down through my lineage, is what's supposed to be happening, right? Tim? Exactly, yes. So, after this show, we will talk about curses a little bit, because... Well, we'll talk about curses afterwards, after the show. Uh, if anybody knows about Russ Dizdar, uh, that was my background, too, before. Well, I'll tell you later. We don't want to talk about it at the show. So so now we see the grace, we see the seed of Abraham, and we see faith coming into the, the understanding of what Paul is trying to teach us. So we have to understand chapters 1 through 8 is the only place we find this teaching. And if a person does not study chapters 1 through 8, they won't comprehend the blessings and the beauty and the power that happened 
to the believer when they were born again. We are so fortunate to have the power of God living in us. Okay. Look at verse Jesus said this, Tim. Jesus said this at the baptism. At his crucifixion, I'm sorry, after the second come, after he reappeared, he said, it's expedient that I go away. Because if I don't go away, this other guy can't show up. Yeah, the comforter can't show up. Yeah, so so, so, he said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send something else. I'm going to send the comforter, and he who was with you, me who was with you, I'm getting out of here, and I'm going to send something that's going to be in you. Yeah, so, and the hitchhike on that, what happened to the apostles and the believers and the power of signs and wonders that happened after that? And we say to this day, what happened to the signs and wonders? How come we don't see those? I'll tell you why. It's because we don't understand our authority in Christ. And I keep on telling people, I've seen those things. I've seen people healed. I've seen tons of people born again. I've seen demons driven out of people in America. And so for me as a believer, they have to understand that I came from a broken, uh, very worldly family. So I was raised as Catholic, went to church my three, four times a year, no matter what. Strong grandma and grandpa that, you know, were strong Catholics. And I grew up as a heathen. And I did everything you can think of before I was 18. I mean, everything. So to understand the power of God living in an individual uh, I've realized the average Christian doesn't grab onto that or have a clue of that. Okay, let's jump down to verse 19. And not being weak in what? Faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now comprehend that. Look how old. We're talking about a deadness of a womb, a man that's very old. He did not waver at the promise of God. Now, the promise, you're going to be the father of many nations. You don't have any kids yet, but I'm going to empower you to have kids. And what he, he, he didn't waver. He said he did not waver at the promise through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform. Now, which is it? Which is the heart of faith? The heart of faith yes. is being fully persuaded that what God promised, He's going to do. He can do it. Yes. So Abraham believed it. He believed a promise. So when God makes a promise to us, if we believe by faith, then we see the full power coming. Some people call it the full anointing, but you have the anointing in Christ, which is the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. We just don't comprehend that. So he was also able to perform. And verse 22, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. So righteousness became part of the imputation that happened to him. So he was 100% holy, 100% pure that God gave him this righteousness. This holiness was a credit to him. God made him righteous. He wasn't righteous. God impugned it to him. Yes. And here's the thing that we forget. The Bible says we are declared holy, not made holy. So we walk in this fallen tent of humanity, this flesh, right? But we are declared holy. God says, I declare you holy. You, you're not made holy. You still got, after wear glasses, you still have, you know, pimples. You still have problems in your flesh. But that one day is going to go bye-bye. But the Bible says that God is going to give you power and to equip you in the flesh. So, I mean, Tim, that's why my that's why my buddy Alan Zeifer, who's part of this, is constantly going around saying, mighty man of God. Because why? He's calling that which is, <laughs> right? He's calling, he's, he's, Alan, when you call me a mighty man of God, you're speaking what God says about me. Right? Not what the world says about me, not the fact that I've been beat down, that I know that my identity is in Christ. My identity is no longer in me. Tim, I am a mighty man of God. Exactly. Huh? All right. I am one. I am one. You are Folks, one. I am one. <laughs> not, not that I think that I am one. I am one. Yep. And, and what does the enemy want to do? 
He wants to steal from me that revelation of who I am. He doesn't want me to see me as a mighty man of God. He wants me to believe the world. He wants me to believe what I see on TV. He wants me to believe what some six-foot icicle told me. He wants you to believe what some priest told you. When it's been imputed to me. This is who I am. When the Lord sees me, he sees a mighty man of God. You think so, Tim? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I just don't see it. I just don't see it, right? That was that's right. That was my next note right there. That was it. <laughs> that, that Satan's root aim. Here it is. Satan's root aim is to attempt to devour the believer, to eliminate our faith. So if Satan can get you to believe to eliminate your faith that what really happened to you, he's got you hoodwinked. You see so it? he says to me, Tim, I'm sorry, I'm just getting this with you, folks. So he says to me, take captive every thought. Yes. Why? Because the devil's constantly trying to tell me I'm not what he said I am. No, you're not. No, you can't do that. No, you don't have the faith to do that. No, she's not going to be healed. No, she's going to get sick. And we and the Lord said, that's where the battle's coming from. You got, hey, dude, you better quit listening to that voice. My sheep hear my voice and that other voice they're not going to hear. They hear it. They're not going to listen to it, right? I'm, I'm one, fearfully and wonderfully made, right? I'm going to live and not die. Why? Because it's been impeded. Huh? Am I am I on it, Tim? You're on it. You're on it. See, and the resurrection, the resurrection of Christ is the proof that God accepted his sacrifice on the cross. The just mm. So the moment his resurrection happened, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son said, Let's do it. The Trinity in unity. Power of agreement. Yeah. So, Tim, what does it mean to be imputed then? Because, look, this is, a, this is a question and answer. And I know that I know these guys want to get in and ask some questions. So I want you to lay, continue to lay this groundwork, and I'm going to open it up. Because, look, we got all kinds of crazy teachings that we've had going in and out. Hey, Tim, if we don't know who we are in Christ, it doesn't matter what else we know, does it? Exactly, yeah. We'll be tossed to and fro. Imputed simply means that God gave you a promise. And it's that he can wash away all your sin. So if he gave you a promise that you believe that Jesus Christ died, rose again, and he can forgive you of your sin, he said, if you believe I can do that, here's my promise to you. You'll be born again. So the moment a person says, I believe that Jesus Christ can wash away my sin. I believe he is resurrected from the dead. Then God imputes his holiness to us. The moment you get born again, you are now declared holy. Hey, Spencer, pull up, go to Webster, pull up impugned. Pull that up there for what's What does Mr. Webster say about impugned? Yeah, imputed, P-U-T-E-D. Imputed, I'm sorry, imputed. Imputed. Charged to the account of, attributed, ascribed. So somebody came and made a big uh, deposit in your account, right? Yep. Huh? And what did they deposit into you, Tim? They deposited righteousness, right? Exactly. And when they deposited that righteousness, they canceled that. Hey, look, folks, are you ready? Don't be saying this. You're not a sinner saved by grace. <laughs> Stop saying that. You're not that. Right, Tim? Yeah. In fact, when we were praying during the show, when somebody was talking about the curses, all those curses are broken in Jesus Christ. So really... But we have to apply them. We have to understand that and realize that. Yeah, yeah. The only way a believer can have a curse put on them now is if they open a window to that. They have to open the door to that. And if you don't open the door, you are walking 100% in the will of God. Oh, man. Okay, watch this. 5-1. Look at this. Romans 5.1. Therefore. Now, why every time you see a therefore, you have to go back and find out what was therefore is therefore. But now we find therefore in light of what he has just said. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have what? Peace. 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 So, Peace that passes understanding now is in Jesus Christ. You are now the son, the daughter of God. 
He hears every prayer. He hears every mumbling you make. Oh, wait till we get to chapter 8. You're going to see something here real quick. Hang on a second, Tim. Hang on. Spencer, justified. What's Mr. Webster say about justified? What? Put, Put justify. To prove or show to be just or comfortable at all, right, justice, propriety, or duty. In theology, to pardon and clear from guilt. In theology, to pardon or clear from guilt, to absolve or equip from guilt and merited punishment, and to accept as righteousness on the account of merits of the Savior. In other words, when Jesus paid the bill with his blood, his blood was good enough to cover you as well. He took that, he took that thing, and he balanced your account as well. I'm doing good, Tim. I'm doing good here. He paid the price. He paid the price for us. What was the price, Tim? The wages of sin is what? Death. Death. So what did he do? He died. And without the shedding of blood, what does the Bible say? Without the shedding of blood, there is what? No remission of sins. So he didn't just die. He shed blood to die, right? Why? To justify us, to to settle the account. Go ahead. Well, 5 1 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, watch this, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, notice, we have peace with God, meaning to bind together what has been separated. So we were separated from God, and now through Jesus Christ, we are bound together with in peace. Right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> Colossians talks about Colossians 1.20. Paul talks about uh, having peace with God. So, Colossians one twenty. Yeah, let's look at that real quick. You'll having made peace through the blood of His cross by Him to reconcile. Get this, all things unto Himself by Him. I say whether they things be things in earth or things in heaven. Now, now that we are brought together in peace, God has given us peace. There's no more judgment, no more condemnation. What has been separated has been put back together. See, you can't make peace with God, right? Peace has been made for you through the cross. God, TV, right? TV says, well, I'm going to make my peace with God. You can't make peace with God until you go through the cross. Amen. And now peace is made for you through the cross. And the average believer doesn't know and can't rest in that that absolute truth. I rest in what Christ has done for me. I no longer strive to do anything. I rest. Remember what he said? Enter into my what? Rest. Rest. And the believer doesn't understand how to enter into his rest. Because I'm justified. I'm imputed. I, I just rest now in what Christ has done for me. I don't strive for anything. But I do pray for people. I do witness. I still contend. But when it comes to my relationship with God Almighty, through Jesus Christ, I do nothing but rest in him. So, you re- folks, your salvation is not... Re- <clears throat> works are not required for your salvation but works are evidence of your salvation. Exactly. And see, we, we, don't, we, don't have those, we don't have those, we don't have those straight. We think we're supposed to do works to please the Lord. No, no. We please the Lord by doing works. Do you, do you, do you, do you understand? We got yeah. it just backwards. There isn't anything else you can do to be in better condition relationship with the Lord. There isn't anything you can do. Amen. It's been imputed to you. The debt's been paid. You guys are, you're forgiven. Boom. Now, go live like you've been uh, uh, forgiven. Go live like you've been, this righteousness has been imputed to you. The, the deck's clear. It's all clear. Go live like it. But we don't. Right. So, now can that I, we're can I jump in one second? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Can I just say nothing but the blood of Jesus, right? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Because the blood is the blood's a currency. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Instead of paying with dollar bills or silver or gold, there's nothing. 
that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So the only way, see, they can't use your blood because your bloodline's tainted until you get born again. They, they, if you went to the, uh, to the Lord, you went to the devil, the devil went to the Lord and said, listen, got to be blood, dude. Hey, I, you, it's your rules. Got to be blood. Got to be blood. Pure seed. Got to be a pure one. And I show up with me in my old sinful state, and I want to pay for it. The devil laughs. That's, that's counterfeit currency. That's no good. That's no counter. That's counterfeit. Don't bring that stuff to me. And then Jesus shows up and says, hey, take this to him. Take this blood to him. And the devil says, oh, dang, dang. Why? Because only his blood is pure and able to redeem us from our sins. Yeah. And the Bible says life is in the blood. blood. You have got <laughs> eternal life. Okay. Let's see why we're only going to hit 10% of this. We're just going to scratch the surface. That's all we're doing right now. It goes even deeper than that. Okay. So now you understand you have life through the blood. You have eternal life. You are the debt's been paid. The debt is, look, folks, don't miss this. It gave us victory over death, hell, and the grave. The blood of Jesus gave you victory over death, hell, and the grave. Hey, Tim, what else is there? When you knock those big three out, what else is there? Yeah, so let's say you're 100% pure, 100% declared holy. Now, what do you do with your life? What do you do now that you know you have eternal life? Well, now you do what the apostles did. Hey, Hey, silver and gold have I none, right? You start grabbing people and you see them get healed. You start preaching to people, seeing they get restored. You find sinners and you tell them about the the excitement of being born again. Amen. What is there to do? It's it's the fruit, folks. Listen, it's the fruit of salvation, not the requirement of salvation. Look, I I get around people. I'm just talking about me now because I'm I'm the only one I know, right? I can't shut up. It's, it's it's not that I go there and want to cause trouble. I go there and I can't not say it. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Huh? So I say, the Holy Spirit, you want me to say, I don't want to say that. You want, Yes, say that. Because why? I represent him. I represent him. And if I don't speak that truth, they may never hear it. So because I'm a dead man, because I've redeemed and I'm under the blood, I'm going to say whatever I want, and I don't care what the consequences are. <laughs> I don't care oh, what the hell. Huh? I don't. I don't care anymore. I, and I'm not. I'm not telling them because I'm trying to earn my way into heaven. I'm trying to tell them because I'm heaven's in me, and I want them to know about it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. So religion. religion, religion. Listen, I got a couple, Tim, I don't want to get you off target, but I want some guys, some guys want to get in here. Yeah, I was just going to say, people raise their hand down there. Get him in. Yeah. Alan, come on in then, Reggie. Go, Alan. Yeah, Coach, what you said, you know, I learned that from Obadiah Franklin. You know, we got to start calling each other what we are. But to give everybody a better example, we did a study last night. And it was it was awesome. You know, we look at if you look at the ark, when David had the ark and when they were living right, they were undefeated. No army could touch them. Every every army they even come up against was terrified because the glory of God was in that ark. We are all arks. Amen. Undefeatable. Everything that was in that ark, the showbread, the but the the rod that budded, the word, all that's in us, the authority, the provision, everything is in us. We are walking arks. That's why when they build this third temple, if they do or whatever. The Holy Ghost ain't in there because he's in coach. He's in the man that's speaking. He's in us. If we love the Lord and we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we got the same provision, the same thing that a terrify folks as the ark did. We're undefeatable. Once we get this, Randy <laughs> talks about all the time. Once we get to understand that authority we have, we're unstoppable in the Lord. The same power, we hear it all the time, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells inside of us, imputed to us. Right, Tim? Folks, whether you realize it or not, whether you're walking in it or not, it's like you have an AR-15 and you don't know how to shoot it. You got one, but you don't know what to do with it. You got a brand new, it wouldn't be a brand new one, a 1964 Corvette, but you don't know how to drive it. You own it, but you don't know what to do with it. And so you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, but you don't know what to do with it. 
You don't know what you're supposed to do. And you go to church and you do religion and you play religious roles. And the guy up on this up on the platform, he's the boss, and he doesn't he had been teaching how to use those gifts because he doesn't know how to use them. He doesn't know what to do with it. And remember, you can't teach what you don't know, right? And so as a result, we walk around church full of dead men, dead men. Born again, dead man. And remember when Lazarus was uh, raised from the dead and he came forth, the Bible says he came forth bound head and foot. Born again and bound. Born again and still bound in grave clothes. Walking around like a dead man. And what did Jesus say? You know what he said, Tim? What did Jesus say? Loose him and let him go. Born again and bound. Born again. And no power. That's where most of the church finds itself. Reggie, come on in. This is great. Um, I know you blew through this, Tim, real fast, but I want to clarify something, if you can, if you may, may ask. So in Resurrection Sunday in Mark 16, the Lord appeared to the apostles who were waiting around. We know they were already baptized with water. And he said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But when you jump to Acts eight when philip went into samaria he preached they were baptized they believed but they weren't finished so we don't so what i'm what i want you to clarify is you you kind of combined everything they're two separate things because the apostles heard that philip went to samaria and then he sent peter and john to lay hands so that they could receive the holy spirit you're talking so about the two. You're talking about, Reggie. You're talking about two baptisms: the baptisms of water and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they're not the same. But it said Amen. that they had not yet received the spirits. Right. <clears throat> so that's what I wanted to clarify because upon baptism, mm-hmm. we are saved, but yet we still have some more to do. Oh, now wait a minute. Look, a baptism, you're given the gun, and when you're born of the Spirit, you learn how to shoot it. Would you, would you agree with that, Tim? Amen, coach. Yeah, yeah. The, the moment you, by faith, believe the promise and, and you accept that, you are born again. The Holy Spirit comes in. You become, <clears throat> all things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Right? So yeah. the Holy Spirit is like water in a cup. Are you half full or full full? So she's 100% right, but you've got to allow him, right, to rule and reign in our life. So what he's saying is, this is what happened to us in Christ. So by understanding chapters 1 through 8, we see the progression of what justification imputation is. And I'll clarify that when we get to chapter 6 a little bit more. Keep rolling. Myra, quickly. Coach, um, welcome, uh, Tim. So good to have you. Uh, one of the Bible verses that uh, Coach often preaches um, is Romans 1, 16 through 17. And I would like to read it. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, mm-hmm. for it is the power of God unto salvation. To no power woman. if you're ashamed of it. No power if you're ashamed of it. Go ahead. That believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. I is written that Joshua live by faith. Hallelujah. So it's revealed, Tim. It's revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed. Yep. What does that mean? What does that mean? People can see it? Yeah, yeah. The. So here's the thing. The mystery of the ages, get this, the mystery of the ages is revealed in Jesus Christ. And we don't understand, we don't even comprehend that. What's the mystery of all took place thousands of years ago? It's that Jesus Christ would come. Right? Now, don't get me sidetracked, but we talk about being raptured, right? Or the Antichrist coming. The Antichrist is going to be Satan. We don't even we don't even study who the Antichrist is. Only there's going to be some man that's going to be no. He is going to come back. What's going to happen? The same days of of Noah. What happened during the days of Noah? Okay, I don't want to get sidetracked. We know about the giants. We know about the angels having sex with with the daughters of men. I mean that's that's wild stuff to even comprehend. We can't even comprehend what happened in the days of Noah. But 
But that doesn't, it doesn't make it not true just because we can't comprehend it. Keep going. It, it was true. Okay, 518. It says, therefore. Now, since we've been well, Romans 518. 518. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. We are justified because of the one man, Jesus Christ. He imputed his holiness to us. He declared us holy. He made us righteous. We are folks, sons and daughters of God Most High. Amen. Folks, listen, this is so critical we understand this. This is why Jesus Christ did not have an earthly father. Because if he had an earthly father, it would have been a polluted bloodline. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Do you understand it was an immaculate conception so that, so that the Son of God was not a human in the term that we would understand. He was fully human, but his DNA, his bloodline was from his, uh, his heavenly father, not from an earthly Amen. father. And that's why the blood was pure. That's why he could go to the cross and die on the cross because he didn't sin. If he had sinned, he would be crucified for his own sin. Because why? The wages of sin is death. Jesus led a sinless life. And because he was the perfect lamb, the sacrificial pure lamb, when he died, his blood remained pure. And he went to the devil and said, there you go, dude. There it is. I'm balanced. I'm justified. I'm balancing the books. And by the way, this pot of blood I got right here is going to cover anybody who comes in here and says they're in my family. This blood right here is going to pay that debt for all of them. And the, and the devil couldn't do a daggone thing about it. Is that is that pretty down to earth, Tim? Yeah, exactly. So if you read the very end of that, verse 18 says, and the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Not only are your life being justified, imputed, but your lifespan is justified, right? You don't have to get born again twice. You don't have to get baptized five times. You are justified once and for all part of that family. Hallelujah. You're a child. You, you don't need to get born again. You can't get born again, again, and again. It happened once and for all. You got all the rights. Listen. You got all the rights as a son and daughter in a family. And not only all the rights, but you have all the rights as a, as a son and daughter of a king. We don't even understand that. So if Jesus is king, he's Lord of everything, we are partakers and heirs of that. So if you are an heir of the father and the son, what does that give you? What are your rights as an heir? What, what can you do now being part of that family? Mm, amen. Amen. But because we don't understand this, we think we're little worms in the dirt. I think we're nobodies. And Satan got his hoodwinked. So, Tim, how, how do you answer this one, Tim, which is probably the heart cry of everybody in here? A coach or Pastor Tim, although Tim's not really, doesn't have a church. He's a he's pastor who calls on him. Pastor Tim, my son, we raised him in Sunday school, and he used to lead the youth group, and uh, he used to serve the Lord, and now he's so far away, Pastor Tim. What do, how do you explain that, Tim? Oh, oh, God, Coach, you're so good. You're so good. Okay, I'll tell you why. Go back to Chapter 6. I'll show you exactly why. Chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. What shall we say then, after understanding all of this? What should we say? Because Hang on, Tim. Because their son may have really been born again at age 12. He may have really been born again. Go ahead. Yeah. So what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Now here's what people don't know. Knowing this, people don't know this. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin 
might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. When you were born again, when you were baptized, you went into the watery grave. You came out a newness in life, and the old man that hated God died. He was crucified. He was put on the cross. You were born again. You got the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. So what Coach said is, why do some people go haywire? Well, they don't know what happened to them. So a kid that's six years old, ten years old, gets baptized, gets born again, If a person isn't taught chapter 6, listen carefully, if they're not taught chapter 6, what happened to them, then they'll go haywire. And let me tell you the key to chapter 6. Look at verse 11. In the light of being dead, does likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Reckon, to count, to add up all the facts what happened to you in Christ. Abraham, justification, imputation, power of the Holy Spirit living in you, right? Likewise, you reckon yourselves be dead indeed to sin. Calculate what happened to you. Add all the facts together, what that word reckon means. Add the facts. But if you don't know the facts, you can't add them together. So now, since you understand the promise, you believe the promise, you know what happened to you, reckon yourselves, what? To be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Recognize what happened to you in Christ, that you are now alive. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust. Okay, lust of the body. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but under grace. Let me explain this. You came up, resurrected to life. You're now declared holy. You're 100%. You understand that the old man that hated God was crucified. The Holy Spirit was given to you. You are born again. The Spirit lives in you. God lives in you. Therefore, you have eternal life. The only problem is you live in this tent called the flesh. And the flesh wars against the spirit. It lusts. So the Bible says, do not yield your members. Amen. Take captive every thought. (laughs) Don't yield your members. Yeah. So here's sin, right? Here's sin. It's this cup. So the devil or your flesh says, go ahead and grab that cup. And you say, no, I will not yield my members to sin. So the only way to sin is to grab that cup. So, if you don't grab on the sin, don't yield your members, you don't sin. What's happening is you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit every single day. So, if you don't yield to adultery, you don't yield to stealing, you don't yield to murder, you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. You're taking captive every thought that exalts itself against what you know to be right, right? So, you have, so we've not been taught that not only are our sins forgiven, but we are empowered to have victory over sin every minute of every day. And it's a choice. Take captive that thought. When that thought comes, you say, no, I ain't drinking that. Right? right. We have the power to say that. But it told you right there, you have been set free from sin. You are set free. And the average believer doesn't know what happened to them, that they've been set free. I don't sin often. I know when I sin. Hebrews says, if you keep on sinning, there's no blood that can cleanse you. So I I tell people, you can analyze your life and know when you sin by looking at Galatians chapter 5, which we'll talk about in a minute. So, see, we got about five minutes left. Okay. So, if once you understand how not to yield your members, you get to walk every day in the power of the Holy Spirit and you have confidence, and you have peace that passes understanding. I no longer worry about my relationship with God. I'm 100% a child, 100% I don't yield my members to sin, and I go to bed every night knowing I'm justified, that I've walked in the power of the Holy Spirit all day, I have not sinned. Now, I know people are going to say, what about the unknown sin, baloney? I don't believe that. I don't believe that you don't know when you sin. 
I mean, I can tell you when somebody cuts me off in traffic, I flip my little finger to them. <laughs> I can tell you when I sit. Yeah, I mean, I exactly what I what I'm doing today, every single day. So I go long periods of time without sin, and then when I sin, I go, "Oh God, I yielded my member." Yeah. Hey, Tim, Tim, it's like an alcoholic understands this, right? Anybody out there who was an alcoholic, who, who quit drinking, understands this idea that, wow, I've been delivered from alcoholism, but I can't go take another drink. I can't ever go take another drink. And they understand that concept, right? We don't understand that concept of I'm not going to, I can't go look at that porn. I can't go do that ever again. If I do, I get hooked on that thing again. And the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to say no to sin. No, I'm not going to click on that. No, I'm not going to drink that. No, I'm not going to eat that, which brings us back to fasting. Why fasting is so powerful because it exercises your spirit man over your fleshly man, over your carnal nature. Oh, wretched man that I am, the battle that goes on between the spirit man and the flesh man. Let me tell you something. The spirit man gives you power over the carnal man. You have victory over sin now. Yeah. I before I run out of time, I gotta show you the, the final victory. Hold on, Randy, can you show you something? Seven seven one. <clears throat> Look at this. Or don't you know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over man for as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband, but as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she's released from the law of her husband. So then. If while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law. We have been freed from the law to bear fruit in the God. Now watch this. 8, chapter 8, verse 1. So I'm making this really fast. Watch this. Therefore, 8-1. Yeah, Romans 8-1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who walk in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, of life. in Christ Jesus has made me free. free from the law <laughs> of sin and death. <coughs> we are set free from the law. There's, see, the law condemns us. We know what the law is, and we break the law. So therefore, we've been now freed from the law, so there's no condemnation on us. There's conviction. Folks, there's conviction, meaning, whoops, I shouldn't have done that. Condemnation is, oh, you're on your way to hell. Those are not the same. The Holy Spirit convicts, says, oh, don't do that. That's how you get victory over your carnal. Oh, man. Look, Randy, come quickly, because I know you got something to add. Go, brother. Well, I'm just going to build what Tim's saying, Coach. When you understand Tim's teaching here and embrace it, the, the authority that you walk in now, because you own it, you, you, this is where we have to get to. This is, a, this is a great teaching, Tim, very timely. We have to get this. Good. Amen. 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 Mike, Mickey, quickly. Hold on a minute. Oh, he's muted. You're muted, Mike. I'm reading right now where Christ fasted for 40 days and Satan took him and the first word out of his mouth was, if thou be the son of God, uh, turn this stone into bread. If she had put doubt in his mind that he wasn't, but he is. Amen. He didn't give into the doubt, did he? Why? Because he took captive every thought. Every thought. He said, no, I ain't doing that. No, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Remember what I said when my when like my grandson Declan went through that 42 days in the hospital? What did I say over and over and over? You know what I said, Clay? He's fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what I said over and over and over and over. Why? Because that's what the Lord said about him. I don't care what the devil said, what the doctor said. He's fearfully and wonderfully made. Joe Allen, come on in. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Kudos what Randy says. Any Christian man can come in here and speak the word and does the teaching like you're doing and wear a Glock hat at the same time. (laughs) Thank you. Amen. Amen. Hey, you know what we got to do? We got to declare war on the devil. We got to declare war on sin. Declare war and go and defeat it. Go and defeat it. 
we have the ability to be able to do that. Now, look, real quickly, Tim's willing, if you guys want to want to do more than this, he's, Tim's willing to do a, a little, his own little show, teach it, walk you more and more and more, because Tim, I believe we don't get it. We, we're not taught the depth of this in our churches. So therefore, we get born again, and we're sent out in the world, and we're not even armed. We don't even know what we're supposed to do. And that's why we feel so weak in our faith, because nobody's ever taught us how to exercise it. Blessings. Hey, got to run. It's 8 o'clock. Thanks, Tim. Stay right there.